This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The incentive to compensate the farmers and the ranchers by the pound is the wrong metric. So on my website, we don't sell by the pound. We sell by the cut. We haven't totally got it in the air, but the overall pricing, it's priced as the nutritional value per meal. So how would you, as a farm educator, say, oh, wait, the new metric isn't price per ton, price per hanging weight. The metric is nutritional value per animal or per acre. How would the farming practices change if the objective was to be the most nutritionally superior product? Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Farm Traveler podcast. I am your host, Trevor Williams, and today on the show, we have Sean Lenahan from The Honest Bison. So you might remember our past guests like um, CrowdCow, where basically they're a meat subscription or delivery service. Well, The Honest Bison is all about delivering one of the most unique, high-quality, high-in-demand meats out there, and that is bison. I mean, obviously, you can kind of tell by the name, Honest Bison, but this is such an awesome conversation that Sean and I have. I'm super happy with how it turned out. Uh, you know, I was most interviews on here are like 20 to 30 minutes. Well, this one turned out to be over an hour, and we talked about Sean's background, which he worked in marketing, and he worked for businesses like Aston Martin, which is my favorite car company of all time, and Activision, which publish games like um, they've done games in the past like Destiny, Call of Duty, um, World of Warcraft, a whole bunch of huge multi-million dollar video game franchises. And then he eventually wanted to do something where he was making or selling a very sustainable, high-in-demand product, and he settled upon bison. So he's going to tell us his whole background 
why he started the Honest Bison, why bison is so popular, the differences between um, grass-finished bison and grain-finished bison. And also, we're going to talk about a concept which was kind of, it was blowing my mind when we were talking about it. But basically, he was saying how most farmers and ranchers are paid right now by the pound. I mean, basically how much grain they might grow, how big their cattle are, stuff like that. So he's wondering, what if we can change it to where farmers and ranchers are paid based on the nutritional value of the items? So if something is, if something grown or raised is super duper healthy, guess what? The farmers and ranchers are going to get paid a great deal, which is, I mean, that's a pretty revolutionary way to think about it. So this is a phenomenal episode. I'm super excited to share it with you. It's with Sean Lenahan from The Honest Bison. Check out The Honest Bison. He was actually kind enough. They're going to mail us some of their products, and I'm <laughs> really excited to try it. Some of their bison burger meat and I think a few steaks. So we'll see how that goes. Um, if you want to see the video format of this interview, go over to our YouTube channel, just Farm Travelers or youtube.com slash the farm traveler, and you'll see our video interview of this episode. Uh, again, this is episode 90. Thanks so much. Uh, 10 more episodes, and we'll, we will be at 100 interview episodes for this podcast. So anyway, thanks so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Well, we'll go ahead and get the ball rolling. Uh, Sean Lenahan of Honest Bison, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. How are you doing? I am very well this uh, January 2021. So uh, thank you for having me. Anxious to uh, anxious, anxious to, to talk shop and uh, so, solve some of the world's problems. Yeah, we'll probably solve a few of them here. I mean, okay, good. <laughs> we've already been talking. We, like, need we need some. If you look at the headlines now, you look at we, we could use some solutions. Oh yeah, I saw some um, somebody shared a meme on, on Facebook, and they were like, um, "It was January seventh, and they're like, hey, 'Hey, I've already tried my seven day trial of 2021. Can I return it, please?'" <laughs> exactly. I was like, "If if only it worked that way." <laughs> right. So you right. are the founder of a company called Honest Bison. And basically, it's one of those meat companies where you work with farmers and ranchers, you supply consumers with um, bison and also veal and venison, which I didn't know until I checked out your website, which is phenomenal. And so tell us a quick little background on how you started Honest Bison. Sure. So this is uh, this is not my first career, not my first uh, my, my first life, if you will. My past life uh, is is as a marketer. Uh, specifically, uh, an experiential marketer of of premium brands. Um, they used to call experiential marketing event marketing, um, but but that evolved because it, it was so much more about uh, a brand and a product that wanted you to experience uh, their thing or their product. And so my job was to come up with strategies. Um, uh, then. Uh, pitch produce um i uh, later in my in my career in that i also did the the estimating and the executive producing uh of great experiences for some really great brands um lexus nike jordan beats by dre xbox activision um uh, all, all brands that uh pretty pretty cool stuff pretty cool products and uh and, and really delivered on on the value and the, and they got to charge a lot of money for it. Um, so I, I did that for a long time, a lot of stuff in, uh, 
automotive. Uh, did a bunch of stuff with Aston Martin too. So, so, so really, nice. those are really my favorite beautiful. cars. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, and, and because it's art, right. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it looks great. It, it, uh, it causes an emotion, right? So 25, 30 plus years in that industry, then having, um, the, the short way to say it is a bunch of stars align in my, in my world that led me to want to and need to do something better for the world and my family and myself. Um, 2008, 2009, the global economy is uh, collapsing and I'm asking myself, does the world really need people to buy fancy cars for 65,000 bucks? Do they, do they really need a $300 uh, pair of shoes or a $65, $70 video game? Do they really need that? No, no, no. Do they need a $300 head, uh, set of headphones? No. <laughs> um, do they want it? Sometimes. Um, and and so that's the part where in my own life, it, I wanted to see, well, what what could I do better? What What better contributions? And so uh, at, the, at the time, I, uh, my twins were two years old. And so the uh, profound effect of fatherhood and, hey, you got you to gotta feed these things or you got to raise them right because you can raise them wrong. Oh, true. And I didn't yeah. want to do that. Right? I wanted to do it right. <laughs> so so, so there, there was that. There was a couple other things. Uh, some uh, uh, mentors and close, close friends of mine uh, died too early from, from diseases of civilization. So that was a bummer. Like, hmm. Why is that? Why is why is cancer here? Hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's in the food, um, or maybe it's how we live. Those big questions uh, lined up with another uh, a gig, to where I was tasked with winning an account for for some marketing services, uh, and it was it was a brand that uh, that was better food. It's healthy. It's good for the environment. Um, they they took a product and they they just uh packaged it well and they, they marketed it really well. So that was, that was my entrance into the, the good food movement. And so the, my job was to go find the audience and the experiences and, and how do you, how do you immerse people that didn't know about this food uh, into something uh, to where they're like, wow, this is better. Okay. I'm done with that. And I'm going to start drinking that. So, so that's where I saw that. Wait, the, the food movement is, is real. And, uh, I want to be a part of it. And I didn't want to be um, selling a commodity. That's lame uh, and boring. (laughs) And I'd never done it. Um, But I did want to, uh, I did want something that, uh, that was of the highest quality and of the highest integrity. And I wanted to bring a brand with integrity, with truth, with transparency because that's what I liked doing, but also because there was so much. I'll, I'll clean up the language. <laughs> There's so much opaqueness and and low quality and malnourishing and toxic food in the marketplace. So, so that better food movement of, wow, I didn't know this was so healthy. Um, in that research project, that gig that I had, uh, 
I I dove into basically the the whole food movement, meaning like whole thirty, paleo, uh, you know, meats, nuts, seeds, <laughs> vegetables, <laughs> right? All those things, no sugar. And then that also led me to the uh, the CrossFit community and, and and training intensely. And okay, you can you can do this if you just eat right. And you know, no no diet pills or special stuff or supplement. No, just just work out and eat right. And so that uh, that ancestral model of of us as humans. Um, I didn't know that, and I started trying and started working. So so all of these things led to uh led to my core competency was was to uh to create and build a brand um because i'd been been working with and working building teams and we had been helping build some of those awesome brands uh so for us it was build a premium brand that people can trust and and then maintain the uh the standards that that have integrity on, on some of the healthiest meats on earth that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, just looking at your website, I mean, the transparency is there, the honesty is there. And that's something that I've learned from a lot of farmers that we've interviewed is that there used to be the stigma, like, you know, people don't need to know what goes on in a the farm. They don't need to know how their food is made, but people are being much more transparent. Thanks to social media. You can literally show them exactly what's going on at a farm. Or like, for example, you could go to one of your bison ranches with one of the ranchers you work with and, and show them exactly what goes on. So that transparency is huge. And so that's awesome. You're trying to like um, sh- showcase that. I'll tell you what, I, I, whoever told those farmers that committed a sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like say, oh, no, you don't need to see it. You know what they were trying to do? They, they're trying to hide stuff that people needed to see. Like mm-hmm. it, it, if, uh, <laughs> do, do I even need to say this out loud that uh, truth matters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this year? And, and it, and it, right. It is to say like, you know what? Pe- people are good with the truth, even if it's bad news. Right. <clears throat> So, so, uh, especially something in food. Oh, right? 100%, if, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, if it's a video game or right at, uh, you know, like, uh, where'd you get the, that leather or how was that, you know, how toxic was that, uh, the rubber in the shoe, whatever, like, okay, whatever. But it's like, oh no, how did that animal live? Uh, how did it affect the, uh, the water cycle and the carbon cycle? And, and did the farmer get paid a fair price? Right. So, so some of those things, I think like, that's the part that I'm so happy that's happening in this larger movement is, is that the, uh, the farmers are going to like some, some already are not all, not enough. They're going to get their due that they're going to get paid what they deserve, not what the market says it will pay. Right. So basically Farmers in a commodity market, they're price takers, right? They, they grow the thing and they come to the market and they say, okay, uh, what, what will my bushel of corn uh, be worth? Instead of, I have some of the uh, best tasting, most uh, ethically raised, most environmentally responsible uh, steaks in the world um, that are healthy for you. Here's how much they cost. Would you like some? That's price making, right? Yeah, you know you what your like, product's you like, worth. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. You said you like Aston Martin, right? Yeah. Right? An Aston Martin uh, V8 Vantage, whatever, the 140000 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. They're pricey. You know, a a $90,000 Porsche will beat it. 
That's true. Yeah. Why, mm -hmm. why, why would why would you buy, why would you buy a Aston Martin? You buy it for the brand. Sweet. You buy it because I have an <laughs> Aston Martin. He's yeah. Like, right? He's like, oh yeah, James Bond. Right? Yeah. I yeah. Love it, right? It's, it's beautiful. And eight dudes have a have a Porsche in my neighborhood. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, We're like, common. Right? So, so nonetheless, like, so you get the idea is that is that like that transparency and so, so on the on the plus side, the best farmers are going to get the credit and they're going to get hopefully paid right marketers like myself are working towards that. My, my farmers do get a premium. Nyman Ranch, their farmers do get a premium. Uh, so the, the ones who don't, the ones who do a terrible job, guess what? Hopefully the market, the market forces and the people, the consumers that get the truth, they get to decide, oh, maybe I shouldn't buy that, uh, that, that corn that was sprayed with a uh, poison. Okay. The market has spoken. That simple. That's true. So, yeah, I like that. Too. So that, that's, where, that's where, like, I'm I'm coming at it from it. You know, some some uh, food uh, people come in because they 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 love the culinary aspect of it, or that that was their passion. Um, some come in from um, the animal husbandry that mm -hmm. they wanted to work with the animals. Right, this is the way to monetize their um, professional skill set. Uh, so, so mine comes from the professional professional skill set of of um, constructing a brand that delivers a promise, and that promise is the transparency, integrity, and 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 we're choosing to to sell meat at a really high quality. Absolutely. So, how did you guys decide on on bison being that product for you? I mean, it's one of those. I mean, when you when I think bison, I just automatically think about the the, the old Wild West when bison were just roaming free. I, I mean, the old time game you meet. Do it. There was supposedly uh, thirty to sixty million of them. Oh yeah, in, in there are so many. Which I don't, I don't know if you know this, but so I had um, a college class. We had to do a research project on bison, and in Canada, apparently there were so many um, bison up in Canada. I think in the early, I don't know, nineteen thirties or forties. Apparently there were so many. The Canadian Air Force would literally run strafing missions to kill off some of the bison, and they killed off a couple thousand of them because they were so populous and. I mean, slowing down railroads and transportation and stuff like that. And I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, the Air Force, the Canadian Air I, Force attacked bison. Like, you never hear about I that. It's so weird. I know that. Uh, Canadians, I, I know some Canadian uh, ranchers. They're, they're great people. Um, I had not heard that story. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to dig into that. It's fascinating, it, which, which it kind of makes sense because it's pretty well documented of why the um, why the Union forces went and exterminated mm -hmm. uh the bison that were in the continental united states right so they, that was the it was the war on the, the indigenous people but if if canada wasn't on the same mission which i don't think they were um all those uh bison who have you know graze on the amazing pastures in alberta and saskatchewan there's lots of uh there's lots of bison up there still um there's about two hundred thousand uh in canada today and there's about two hundred thousand in the united states so they uh, and we eat most of it, but, uh, so, so that's interesting how, how their, their herds were, were, uh, decimated for different reasons. It's fascinating. Yeah. I'll have to go back and find that. I mean, I, I remember reading that in college and I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but, but yeah, how, how did you guys decide on bison? I mean, it's one of those, it's a very premium game meat. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about bison. Um, I know like Joe Rogan, for example, he loves kind of yep. elk, bison and stuff like that. So how did yep. you guys kind of decide on bison and elk and venison? So 
in my process of figuring out what I wanted to do next, I knew that experiential marketing was, uh, was, was something I needed to wind down and find something new. And when I started looking, I, I tried paleo diet. So this is back uh, 2010 or so. I tried paleo diet. I'm like, oh, what do I eat? And you go down the list, like, hmm. And there was bison. I probably had had uh, bison burgers in the past. I, uh, when I worked on Lexus, I got to travel to some pretty fancy places. And so I got to eat some fancy, fancy restaurants. And I probably had something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff w- was great. And so um, but as an entrepreneur, I was looking for things that um, were already exceptional in in their most natural form right so um that that uh but looping back a little bit to my to my origin story that that gig that led me down the food uh rabbit hole that was uh that was for zico coconut water okay um so coconut water it uh existed before humans right and that's something uh that was a nourishing drink it is a nourishing drink that uh we evolved around right so so zico and by coco and one right they didn't invent it you just cut the coconut open and put it in the package right <laughs> so like that's about as natural and and pure and high quality um you know you didn't need gatorades a mix of chemicals to rehydrate yourself um and and i was also so so for me evaluating the food business, I wanted something that was of the highest quality, a superior quality to its other counterparts, right? So coconut water was uh, superior to Gatorade. Cost five times as much, but I didn't care about that, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I worked with brands who who always charged more because they had the, the product superior. So so when I looked through, uh, you know, the gr- grass-fed beef cattle can be amazing as well, right? But there's 90 million cows in the United States. I just told you part of the answer. There's only 200,000 bison in the United States. There's only 60,000 bison slaughtered every year. Oh, wow. There's 120,000 beef cattle slaughtered every day. Dang. I did not know that. That's some interesting facts. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, so here's what that's interesting is the, the, the perce- your, your perception as a consumer, one you, from the American history, you know about the... the the iconic nature of bison. Um, but as a consumer, you can go to a lot of grocery stores and get a pound of ground bison, mm-hmm. right? That's because the bison industry and those those uh, ranchers and processors uh, that preceded me for the last 50 plus years, they did the work to make sure that, that the distribution happened and, and consumers could generally have access to it. Um, so so the, the, uh, the answer to your question more directly is I wanted to... Um, I wanted to deliver a superior product that uh, couldn't be copied and and was exclusive and that was very much low supply, high demand. So those 60,000 bison that are slaughtered every year, about 90 to 95% of them are all feedlot produced. Uh, I don't know if you've had any feeders or feedlot uh, producers or processors on this program, but uh, um, there are good um, or there are, there are logical economic reasons to put animals through feedlots, right? So if you want, if you want a consistent weight every single time, every single week of the year, 
a feedlot is a highly efficient, uh, profitable way to do that. Are there other consequences to feedlots? Totally. Absolutely, yeah. Right? But but from an economic business model, it's highly efficient. So so we saw then, like, okay, well, what's the best of the best, right? What are the Air Jordans? Uh, what is the uh, what is the best Activision video game uh, out there, right? And that, that you know, high demand, right? Low supply. And so it was grass-fed bison. The second part was which brand is out there that uh, that everybody looks to, and it um, it meets all the needs of the of the current consumers, but also the future consumers. Having worked at agencies, I had access to those trends and, and knowing uh, what was coming next, what consumers think, how they think, and so knowing that uh, transparency, trust, high quality. Um, was going to be a growing segment for a very, it's a macro trend, right? People, people need to eat and they want to eat even better. Mm-hmm. Right. That's uh, I, I'm riding that wave on a, on a little tiny, uh, on a little tiny boogie board. So <laughs> a little tiny it, boogie uh, board. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on any, uh, not any fancy uh, surfboard or ship or anything. So, so anyway, that the, the entrepreneurial lens of, here, here is something that that is of exceptional quality already. There's no, there aren't very many or if any brands that uh, can do what at least I think I can do with it. And so we want to uh, contribute to the marketplace. And so there was space. Yeah, I imagine there was space because when it comes to like bison brands, really the only thing that really stands out to me is Ted's Montana Grill. And I mean, I know they have a lot of yep. bison and stuff like that, but there's not really... Um, unlike you guys, I mean, Honest Bison now is really the brand I think about when I think about bison. I mean, we haven't bought any of your stuff yet. We will, and we want to because it looks delicious. Um, and so that's really cool that you found kind of an area that fit the things that you were interested in. And you're like, let's build a high quality brand because the demand is there, but there aren't nearly as many. I mean, like I didn't know that about 60,000 um, uh, bison being slaughtered a year, but only a small percentage are actually grass fed throughout their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's the thing is 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 now if you're if you're in a macro trend and and you have an exclusive product, now it now the um back to the equation that I said before, you, there's no price taking. Mm-hmm. There's only price making. So for me, that made a lot more sense in that I had a lot more control. Basically, however uh good or however poor I do my job. I, I control um, at least at least that part. Like my my skill set um, was more in my control, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm a great marketer, I'm going to be able to get the margin I need. If I'm not a great marketer, well, then I don't, right? As opposed to um, you know there are there are forces that work against the farmers, like Mother Nature. Oh, there's a drought. Uh, whoops! I, I kind of needed that free water to feed my animals, right? That's not in their control uh, always. So, so those types of factors, and, and well, I have to deal with that too. If, if they don't get enough feed, the animals are lighter and I don't get as much, right? Mm-hmm. Things go So, So in the context of the business I wanted to be in and achieve the mission, as well as the fact that the best food on earth was way too cheap. So, or, or even the bad food for us is too cheap, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the problem, right? 
if somebody's going to eat to save money, well, you're just punting the dollar down to uh, the, the last 30 years of your life, right? Oh, and yeah. You the cheapest food is super right? processed. And I mean, it's yeah. not nutritious at all. Yeah. Right. What the, the saying is like, uh, pay your farmer now or your pay your doctor later. <laughs> I like, like that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a truism, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, so how, if you look at that, then is who, who's going to save, save, <laughs> who's going to find this best food on earth and, and, uh, make a consumer, but make, that's not the right word. Who's going to influence and persuade mm-hmm. the consumers who's, or more accurately, who's going to educate the consumers as to here's why paying $16 a pound for this ground bison is actually too cheap. That's some people's do- jaw drops if they're used to buying $5 a pound ground beef. Oh, yeah. Came from a feedlot, right? Like, wait, $16 a pound. That's crazy. No, it's not. Not if I take you through the food chain. Not if you see how much, how little everybody's making mm-hmm. when we sell that. So, so, and, and the environmental consequences, the animal welfare consequences, like, no, actually it should be 20 bucks. Right. So here's, here's something that might uh, be interesting for you. Um, and it might be a theme you uh, take up in a, with, with somebody smarter than me. I uh, was having dinner with a, a Chipotle executive at uh, one of these accelerators I was at. And he said something super profound. He said, um, today, the human race in the history of the earth, the history of the earth, no living organism has ever had to spend so few calories to obtain so many calories. Hmm. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Even a little single cell amoeba has to, (laughs) right? It has to work its thing, right? Mm -hmm. To get, to get the energy. Every, every other mammal, like even if it's not the mammals, like every other living thing has to work pretty hard to expend, to get the net gain. Look at us humans. It, we're, my, my wife has Instacart drive. <laughs> that right? takes like maybe five oh, calories. Up up finger, yeah. right? 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 <laughs> spend anything, right? It all shows up in my door, right? So, so like that's that's one of these things where, like, whoa, 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 whoa! You, you're gonna spend that few calories to get that many. Mm-hmm. So, guess what? We better one, we better get high quality calories, right? The best ones that nourish us, as opposed to ones that that make us sick. Um, and we should also move. We should <laughs> so also move. That's another, lot, yeah. Yeah, right. another expert that's not me. So anyway, like that, that's, that's a, a part that I take on. And how does that relate to the honest bison is that, that we believe that that's, that's a, a responsibility for us as a brand and as our, our, the value we create as marketers and educators is to say to, to anybody who wants to listen is, Hey, this, this is why, um, this meat is special from the people who did it, from the animals, the lives they lived, from the um, processors and the care that they took to the um, the positive, uh, regenerative nature, the, the practices we did for the soil, for the carbon cycle, for the water cycle. Um, also, you, you could understand 
that $16 a pound is too little and that you should probably change, right? Back to my original thought, like, yeah, you know what? I, even though I wanted an Aston Martin and I thought I was going to have one <laughs> one day, I really did. Um, I don't have one. I, I have a uh, 15, 16 year old Prius. Is that like, you know what? I, I, right. I don't need Aston Martin, but you know what? I do need to, need to spend a lot of money on, on the quality of food. And so I believe, because I, I know very well the power of a brand that can take a high quality product, they, the product's always got to deliver, right? If you start cheating the consumer, cutting the corners, you, you ruin it instantly. But if you keep the integrity up with the, with the product and you keep doing the right things that, that a brand can do, then that will enable, right? If, if I can get more money, uh, and only way I'm going to get money is earn it, that the consumer sees the value, they live healthier lives. They they uh, their uh, their palate is starts to enjoy a, a richer nutrient content, right? So if I can help educate and enable a consumer to do that, and they increase their their food budget, or maybe they transition from. A uh, it maybe it was a okay maybe they buy organic sometimes mm-hmm. maybe uh, the the uh, the high quality meats are a special occasion thing maybe it's like yeah you know what's not just a special occasion you know what no it's every two weeks no it's every week some families are like it's every meal right <laughs> yeah that's perfect I mean, it, yeah right instead of like there um I know there's lots of statistics on this like how like the American consumer how much do they spend of their annual consumption, annual spend, how much of that goes to food? Mm-hmm. It's pretty low. I think it, where it was in like in the 40s and 50s, it was something like 40% of yeah, the household it, budget. Yeah, it was, went to it was way below. Now, 50, it's yeah. something like, now it's something like under 10. It might be, I think, four sticks in my head, but I could be completely wrong. The point is, is, is uh, now we spend more on a, on a smartphone than, uh, than a meat protein. So, so that's the part is like, wait, 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 maybe we got to, maybe we got to bring that back to where people say, Hey, you know what? I don't compromise on, on my meat proteins. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't compromise on my uh, vegetables. You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want poison sprayed on them. Okay. You, good. That's a good standard to have. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have kind of, I don't know. It's not that they don't care where their food comes from. It's just really an afterthought. Like it's just, they just need calories. They just need food. But I feel like this whole foodie revolution, right? Not all calories are yeah, exactly. Equal. <laughs> not all calories are equal. Yeah, I'm hoping that this whole foodie revolution that kind of started years ago is slowly trickling and helping people know, or it's making people more curious about where their food comes from and what they're eating. And so, I mean, it seems like you guys are taking advantage of that. I mean, you're providing high quality, um, high calorie, good calorie um, source of protein for people with bison, elk, and venison. Well, Super cool. So you're, you're you're absolutely right, and so it, it did start. So it started with the foodies, right? Saying, "Hey, uh, try this heritage pork, right?" Or actually, actually, let's give credit where credit's due. The wine industry says, "Oh, try this. This is from Napa Valley, right? This is from uh, the Tuscan region, or this is from Chile." All these like, where the the wine geeks started saying, "Here's the terroir of this wine, right?" And what what makes it special? They decommodified commoditize it it's not just like who buys just red table wine right? there's a brand that has a story and has a place it has the sense of terroir so when those things start to like where, where does my food come from right um you know if you eat almonds uh 
nine out of 10 almonds in the world came from California. Oh, okay, great, right? So, so that's good for California. Thank you, California, right? So the, the notion that, that you're becoming aware of, of not just where, because I think what, where is, uh, is square one, maybe square one's what, then what is it? And then where, where did it come from? But, but really more and more need to come is, is how and why. And, and they ask how maybe five to 20 times, right? And, and then the why, right? Just like people, it's like, why does it cost so much? Okay, here's why, right? Or, or why, does it, why does that cost so little? Okay, this is a, this is a, this is a tragedy, right? <laughs> From the, uh, the, the, uh, the hero's story to it, now we're going to move to the tragedy and why, it doesn't, why it's so cheap. So, so the, that big trend, it, like, yes, so we're, we're trying to take advantage of it. We're a part of it. But but let me put this uh, current update to to your your realization there. More people now are understanding. Oh, we have a a global pandemic in which a biological function of our ecosystem, a virus, is foreign to our human bodies. We don't have resistance to it naturally. We don't have a hundred years to get over it or a thousand years. So we're going to use our technology and our, our intellects. And great. We use our big brains. But he, so, so when do we get to make this shift as opposed to, because uh, I'm going to get a vaccine, right? I'm going to take advantage of human technology and science, but also what, what do I have to, the realization is, oh, wait, my gut biome and my own immune system, my own immune defenses, it's now more important this year or 2020, in the last 12 months, I need I need a better immune system. Whatever it was before, I need a better immune system right now. So people are figuring that out too, is like, well, shit, right? I, I, sh- I, I need to be super healthy. Mm-hmm. I can't get sick, right? What do they say? The high risk people, comorbidities, right? If you're super overweight, whoops, off you have a lungs, right? If you have cardiovascular disease, hmm, that virus may say, yeah, you're, you're, you're one that I'm going to call, right? You're the slow antelope that the tiger is going to get, right? The lion takes down. So, right? We're smart enough to say, yeah, I need a, I need a tougher immune system. So, so that, um, we've benefited from that. Uh, the, the organ meats. A couple of years ago, I couldn't sell organ meats on my website. N- now they're all out of stock. <laughs> yeah, I saw you have liver on there. I, I can imagine that's super popular right now too. Super, but it's 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 it could be the most nutrient dense part of the animal. Wow, it, it's like the heart's up there too, um, marrow is up there. Um, so people are figuring that out. But but yet yet we still have a ways to go because the liver costs a lot less than the filet mignon. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> so. that's true. I noticed that it, it's a lot more <laughs> nutrient dense, calorie dense, but yeah, it's, che- right? it's cheaper. It's and it's the the bones are even cheaper so uh so none of, yeah like we that's also what i liked from from an entrepreneurial uh feasibility is if my talent uh cuz i don't have a ton of money uh and i don't have a ton of land and i don't have a ton of animals and i'm not a butcher right what i am is an educator 
So if I can educate people on the value of the bone marrow and the value of the liver and the value, but, but also to indulge in a tomahawk steak. Yep. Oh yeah. Right. Tomahawk steaks are great. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so like that's, that's the part where, where the price that you have, the general theme here is that as the price makers see the opportunity to help people actually do something good, as opposed to the price makers that worked, that currently work in the industrial food complex that, that want to use chemicals and monocrops and uh, get things as cheap, cheap, cheap as possible at the consequence of the environment, of the exploitation of the farmers, of the uh, extractive nature of the soil. If the marketer can come in and make the price on the best stuff on earth, there we go. And the ranchers start making money, the processors start making money, and and then we start to change things. And, and people ba- And then people don't spend 4% of their income on food, then they get back to spending 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not even. So there's some big, big things going on. Oh, yeah. And then you're also reducing that environmental impact and everything is better. Everything is healthier. Everything is more kind of cohesive. So that's a very good point. Our our main uh, ranching supplier, 777, recently got certified by the by the um, National Autobahn Society, right? The, the society that uh, works for the conservation uh, and, and preservation of, of, of massively diverse uh, avian species, right? Mm-hmm. They have a program that goes out to the pastures and evaluates the the livestock pastures as it relates to the uh, the avian populations and their healthy environment, right? So the canary in the coal mine is also the uh, canary or 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 the grouse <laughs> or whatever it is, right? The sparrow that that flies around on the uh, on the pasture, right? That that's going to tell you about the ecosystem, right? If, so if there were if it was a monocrop. Or if there's grasses, or if there's poison in the pastures, the the wrong kinds of things, there's not going to be a bird there because there's not going to be insects, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Those, all the insects are going to be gone, right? Or the animals are sick, right? So, so the uh, that's the other uh, the big thing is uh, theme is that the connectedness mm-hmm. of everything uh, starts to uh, be easier to understand. Yeah, that's that's what that's the path that I went down, and and lots of uh, lots of consumers. Um, have gone down. I'm sure. I'm sure, if I went through all your podcasts, you're, you're probably <laughs> connecting lots of uh, points along the way. They're like, "Yep, it's all connected." Yeah, I, I've noticed. Kind of, at least, I'm um, hearing from farmers. We used to years ago. Um, we were trying to be as efficient as possible, producing as much as possible. Now we're kind of reverting back to where we want to keep producing a lot, but we want to do it more environmentally conscious, where we're not just pumping pesticides or fertilizers. We're more in tune with nature, and I've seen. Like with you guys, I've seen more and more grass feed operation, like beef cattle or bison, more of those where they're like, you know, cows naturally eat grass. So let's just give them grass their whole lives. And we're not going to finish them on grain or we're not going to start them on grain. We're just going to have grass fed because that's the way it is. That's the way nature intended it. And so I've seen a lot of people kind of do that to be more conscious, to be more um, complete with a circle, I guess you could say. The circle of life, yeah. the way Lion King says. Yeah, so so, so that um, since, since you were a part you're a part of the system in your past life. How how were farmers? Uh, how are farmers paid? What's the metric? I'm not sure. Educate me. But by, by the pound, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. By the pound, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay. So so the so the incentive whoever whoever did that put the incentive in the wrong spot. 
No, maybe it's because they didn't know. Okay, but but now we know, right? So so all of the past, they you know like right our our grandfathers get a pass, but the ones now don't. Because so so if the incentive is on the pound, and you just said it, we we all wanted to, and and you as a as an educator, uh, we're like, okay, how do you get more out of an acre? How do you get more out of a carcass? Oh, you increase the weight. Oh, how do you increase the weight? Well, you put the highest one of the highest calorie um, things, right? Corn, mm-hmm. corn that's super high calorie. Let's just feed it the corn instead of the grass, right? It'll gain weight. Oh, oh, don't don't walk ten miles today. Walk walk ten feet because I don't want you spending all those calories, right? So now you're gonna get a fat cow that ate ate something uh from a monocrop right and right and then so you go down that thing of like oh it got sick oh let's give it an antibiotic oh oh i want it i need to grow faster oh give it a, a hormone oh shit right now you got something now you got something toxic not something nourishing so so the the incentive to compensate the farmers and the ranchers by the pound is the wrong metric so on my website we don't sell by the pound we sell by the cut. We haven't totally got it in the air, but the overall pricing is that it's it's priced as the nutritional value per meal, mm-hmm. or that's what I'm aspiring to and working towards. So, so I uh, jokingly, not so jokingly, it's <laughs> like, why isn't the liver uh, the same price as the filet mignon? It's not, but the liver the liver is double the price it was last year. That's a good thing yeah. because it's that good, right? So, so if, if no, so, so how would you as a farm educator say, oh, wait, the new metric isn't price per ton, price per hanging weight. The metric is nutritional value per animal or per acre. How would the farming practices change if the objective was to be the most nutritionally superior product you can get? Because you you wouldn't you wouldn't have a monocrop because you'd have to introduce the herbicides and pesticides you have to introduce the poisons right to clear it out. You, you would end up and your uh, diversity of uh, microorganisms uh, in the soil and so forth they they would have to be um, very robust to bring in all those different nutrients right. You you would have a bunch of polycultural farms out there that would have really really nutritious stuff instead of. I, ju- I just need uh, right giant grain silos. Oh my god! Right? Yeah, I, I, that have little, little value. I feel like it would if if that was the way we could price it based on nutritional value. I feel like things would change overnight because most farmers they want <laughs> to produce something healthy the way nature intended to. But really, a lot of the times they're using they're doing monocrops or pesticides or anything is because yeah. it's going to help them make more money because it's based on poundage. So you got to produce more. To get more, so if we could do it based on nutritional value, I mean that would change the game. That'd be phenomenal. Right, so, though. so isn't that insanity? Is what is is they're doing it to make more money, but what they're really doing is they're making the consumers who buy their stuff sicker. Generally, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to make your um, make your consumers sicker, right? You don't want to kill your customers. So, right, right. So, like. You, which ultimately kill your economy, right? Or or you're killing your gig, right? So so if like so so take that lens, G- 
again, we're, we're blowing up to, to levels way beyond me. This is like <laughs> TED talk level. Yeah. It's like, it's, okay, so, so, um, like this is this would be a great TED talk. A uh, competition uh, of farmers or food producers based on nutritional value per meal, just like uh, you said you were a teacher, right? What if you were compensated? Every student that you um, taught that came to your class and your school, you got a fraction of their future earnings, right? Uh, guess what? You you're you're now incredibly invested. You're all in on the future ability of that um, student to um, to do something positive with the information you give them. What if, right? Let's go. Let's go to uh, doctors. What if? What if doctors were paid by the uh, health and wellness of all their patients, not by how sick they are mm-hmm. and how much fixing they need? Right? We have it backwards. They get they get rich fixing the sick people well you don't want to run a sick people then right so you don't want to cure absolutely everything yeah right right so like <laughs> i've been in sales i'm still in sales and so so my incentive is to uh to reach the people that want it right with my product right and i have an incentive to do that so 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 the big the big things, right? The people who produce our food, the people who uh, heal us, the people who educate us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. What if what if the uh, financial industry were, were incentivized to to make sure there weren't any poor people? Uh, oh, oh, maybe things would change. Hmm. So, so like that's that's the level that I saw approaching this industry. Um, of the of the impact, or the, this is the this is the gravity. This is the profound. This is how profound what we're doing is, is because we we have to change the equation at its most uh, foundational, nutritional value per meal. Absolutely, most. I mean that would change it. I mean a burger, if you've got some bison on there, it would be a little bit more expensive. But the fries that are probably the most expensive on the plate, kind of, would be worth nothing because I mean there's very little nutritional value to those fries or anything. So the bun, the bun wouldn't be worth anything. Like you'd have to veto, you'd have to kick it off because it, uh, it was hurting you. Yeah. It'd pretty much be the bison patty, maybe a tomato, maybe some lettuce. Yeah. No, well you get to, right. Get, get, get some other nutrients in there somehow, but right. But you know, it's there, there's all kinds of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be, um, it'd be cooked in bison tallow, right? Some super go. healthy fat. Oh yeah. Right, it would it would have uh, it would have some salt and other minerals and spices on there that that uh, could add some some the nutrients. So so anyway, yeah, like and this is the part that I believe, as opposed to so here's a here's an important distinction. I created a brand to sell direct to consumers, as opposed to I didn't go become a nutritionist. How many nutritionists are there in the country? A, a lot. There's a lot especially in ratio to how many sick people there are. And now, I, I know some great nutritionists um, and I hire a couple of them for myself. It, they have a hard gig. But who, and this is, this is like back to, not to, not to my own horn, but, but like the, the, um, the food movement and the ability for, for uh, more brands to be created that truly deliver on a promise, not, not faking it, 
right? Where it's a sexy, beautiful brand and then they're faking it and it's really not as good as, as they promise, right? The greenwashing, there's plenty of that going on. Um, like if, if they can deliver and as, as they should on the integrity of that high quality product, holy smokes, the consumers will then vote for their, their thing, right? Yeah. They'll vote for the, with their dollar. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. And as much as I love things like BMW and Lexus, right? We're like, ah, you know what? I'll buy a used one. Yeah. Okay. We don't need <laughs> a brand won't, new. You won't, you, won't be able to, right? you won't be able to afford it because you'll be, uh, you'll have to spend more money on food. So, so anyway, these are the uh, kind of the big macro things that I think are super exciting and that, that, uh, you know, through, through opportunities like this, that you're affording me on a, to have a conversation on a podcast for people that are listening to this, like, Oh, right. Wow. My choices in what I consume and what, or better yet, what I invest in, invest in your education. If they're listening to your podcast, they're investing in, in becoming educated. And then what do they do with that information is, Oh, look at it. Nutritional value per meal. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you go to the doctor and say, hey, you know what? I'm one of your best patients. You need to give me a big fat coupon. Right? <laughs> give me a coupon. I'm healthy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. They may object, but right. So <laughs> you never know. That's awesome. That's cool. So going off of bison, tell us um, your favorite cuts. I'm assuming the liver. I'm assuming, um, I think I saw some oxtail on there. So what are your favorite cuts from the bison? Well, I need to eat more liver. I don't eat enough. Uh, what I do eat a lot more of is we have a we have a blend on our website a ground blend and i didn't come up with this this was from uh, my customers said hey you know what I, I i need more organ meats in my diet but gosh darn it i don't want to eat um straight liver i don't like it and we're like okay we're like what do you want me to do like uh, just mix in a little heart and a little liver into the ground and so we have uh, we have a ratio of 12 to 2 which is 12 ounces of muscle meat, two ounces of heart, uh, and two ounces of liver all ground together. Well, that's kind of a sneaky way to sneak some heart and liver into your meatballs, meatloaf, burgers, whatever, you know, you want to do at the ground. Right. Um, and you hardly ever taste it. it. It's even a little sweeter. So I eat that a lot. There's another blend that's even more. It's six ounces of uh, muscle meat, six ounces of heart, four ounces of liver. So that's six, six, four. Um, and so uh, that's pretty popular because, um, again, it's super easy. Make a burger, make meatballs. Yeah, getting some organ meat right. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I, I'm actually trying. Um, there, there's a company out there. Uh, the, the carnivore diet is, oh, yeah. is uh, growing fat. Right? Oh, absolutely. So uh, that's done some interesting things with uh, turned liver into a crisp. And I'm uh, I'm excited to try that. Uh, it's beef liver that I'm going to try, but um, if you can turn that uh, that liver, that's ah, okay. I'll just you know take my vitamins, right? I'll just eat it. Yeah. It's like if you can make it as awesome as a potato chip. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah right. That's uh, that's some innovation. I'm anxious to try. That's not so. bad. I, I honestly don't know if I've ever had any sort of liver. Um, I don't think so. So so you are a victim of of being young and in the society where where that um part of the animal is uh not consumed right so our, our grandparents ate it all the time yeah that's true all the time now it's taboo you don't want to talk about it you just think oh i don't want to eat liver that sounds nasty i mean that's the common response now but i mean it's there, no nutrient three or, like you've been saying there's three or four popular guys uh, they have podcasts um uh 
they're in either into the biohacking or the carnivore you know lifestyle and they're like super like even biochemists mm-hmm. they totally stock up on it they buy like 40 40 pounds of it at a time i believe it dang and my customers like shot like one one of my customers he he has a one ounce raw every day and i asked him like why do you eat it raw oh god he's like because i'm lazy <laughs> well because it was like i thought he was like he had some you know great taste or whatever like you didn't want to do the like maybe the cooking did something to it no he's like no it's just because I'm lazy and I need to get it in my body. And so I just like take a shot. That's one way to do it, I guess. Right? I mean. So, so like think about it. Like there's harder stuff that we do every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, than swallowing back a uh, an ounce of liver. Uh, and, and he swears by it. He says he feels great. So that's another thing on my, t- on my to-do list. But so so these, these are the, but back to your question. My favorite, uh, I, I do eat the blend a lot. Um, my favorite, um, probably a toss up between the ribeye and the filet mignon. I, I don't get to eat them that much because they're in such high demand on my website. And so uh, it's not smart for me financially. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> away from a customer. Like that's not nice. Right. Uh, it, funny tangent. Um, in the beginning when I was, uh, buying bison and trying to, you know, making it myself and pitching my wife like, yeah, baby, what do you think about this? She's like, this is terrible. I think it's so good for you. And she's like, no, it's not that good. And well, I was overcooking it. Ah, okay. So I wasn't doing it right. So because I, it was a uh, good um, business sense for me to get my wife uh, believing in this venture too. Like I'm going to nail it. So I studied, figured it out, perfected it. And I'm like, I'll get her hooked. And like right, the flame mignon being, uh, okay, that's a, that's an easy thing. Right. So now she loves the filet mignon. Well, there you go. No. Now she wants filet mignon all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Customer. The customers need it. I should have perfected the liver and the hearts and the, hey, there you go. And the round up. And, the, and they're like, no, because as long as she wants that, then I could I could feed the family no problem. But now when they want the filet mignon, it's like. It's like, do, do I appease yeah. my family or do, or do I let my customers Sometimes, but uh, but I, I, I my strategy was not in full effect. But nonetheless, so so I, I do enjoy that the ribeye does have some really delicious fat on it. The the filet mignon is has no fat. It's super lean, and so getting the uh, the salt and the pepper and the garlic just perfect, or some steak seasoning is a uh, really great. Um, I also like playing around with uh, olive oils or avocado oils because um, that, uh, that'll keep it moist and, and delicious. Um, the uh, venison loin is amazing. The I had some um, elk sirloin the other day Ooh. that was epic, epic, epic elk sirloin steak. Um, that's actually one of the best values. It uh, it doesn't cost as much as the, the other hero steaks, the New York or the filet or the, the ribeyes. Um, so sirloin is a, is a great value. You should get a good steak, great steak mm-hmm. for not, not the, not the mega premium. So, but the, the other things I, I really enjoy, there's a couple of recipes on the website that, um, that I enjoy. There's a, there's a brisket and bacon recipe that you throw in the crock pot. So braising the, uh, the roast, the brisket, the short ribs, um, are really, really amazing. So I, I enjoy those because you can get a really great diversity of flavors when you start to, you know, take the, the brisket and broth and bacon and tomato paste and uh, onions and leeks and spices. And, and you put that in the crock pot for 
eight hours and it's uh it's pretty incredible that sounds good i'm getting real hungry just talking about this uh what's your preferred steak cooking method i've I've always i'm still trying to find that perfect method where i can replicate the perfect steak time and time again so what's your preferred method so uh the my friends that are super expert geeks they say reverse sear is the best but i i um I I just got good. I, I couldn't do it on the Traeger very well because like you can't can't control the heat as as much. At least I have a I have an old Traeger and different hot spots and cool spots. Um, the the cast iron. Like I would say, if anybody anybody says like if you say hey I, I don't know which way, I would say square one. Make friends with your cast iron, uh, skillet, frying pan. Like truly make friends with it and have a good digital um, thermometer meat thermometer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a geeky, fancy, expensive one. I have both a $20 one and a awesome hundred dollar meter <laughs> one that like goes to the app and it charts it over time. Oh, and I love awesome. to geek out on that. Um, but I also still use the digital one. So, so with the cast iron, because you can control the heat so, so well, um, and you're right there. You're you're actively in in the uh, in the game of cooking it. Um, that's the best way to to find out what. To, and then you know, okay, uh, what happens if I pull it off at 119, right? Okay, good. That's my rare. Oh, what if I left it on to 129? Well, you better get it off pretty fast because as soon as it goes over 135, it's gonna it's gonna change the taste. So, so to me, starting there so you know what you want. Um, is easiest with the cast iron, um, right over, uh, right over the, the stove. Th- th- then, then you can start to play around with uh, reverse sear, throw it in the oven, whatever, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, we've got two cast iron um, skillets. We love them, and I, I would hate cooking chicken because every single time I would overcook it because I didn't want to get um, salmonella. Yep. And then I yep. bought a meat thermometer. Chains of the game. I mean, burgers are so good. Steaks, chicken, don't burn them. My wife is super yep. thankful for that. So, yep. You know what's a game changer on poultry? Hmm. Uh, the smoker. The smoker? Yep. Ch- chicken in the Traeger is way better. I, I was blown away. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have I been doing? Like the, uh, a, a smoked a smoked poultry is. Uh, is awesome. Yeah, I've got a vertical smoker and I tried the whole, we got a whole chicken, we spatchcocked it and I put some Jamaican jerk seasoning on it, smoked it oh, for yeah, about five yeah. or six hours. Oh, it was really good. The chi- the yeah. skin got too crispy. I think it got too hot, but the chicken itself was super juicy, hot, but not super spicy. It was really yeah. good. Okay. Not bad. All right. Well, Sean, man, this has been awesome. Learning about Honest Bison, all that you're doing and kind of talking about how we should focus um the cost and how the profitability towards calories instead of per pound so this has been cool if people want to follow you and see honest bison you guys have got a great website um how can they go and see you and see what you guys are doing so website website uh will be the hub that's where you can get everything done from from reading our story um checking out what we have uh, we have a newsletter uh where we share recipes we have sales um, we're on all those social media channels um, uh, Instagram, we're super active on Twitter a little bit, um, uh, and Facebook. So we're, we're listening in, answering customers questions. Um, there's a, there's a customer service number, even you can send texts to. So we, we, as, as any exceptional brand does, 
we are super attentive to our customers and people who have questions. Uh, we're definitely not perfect, but we try really, really hard because we know how important it is to where somebody says, hey, yeah, I, I, I got some questions. <laughs> and, uh, and and buy and meet over the internet unt- until this last uh last 10 months, uh, wasn't always that easy. And, and, um, you know, now people are, are getting into it that weren't into it. So, so yeah, what at the honest bison on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, but, uh, but the honest bison.com you, you'll, you'll find us. Yeah. You're I, I'm subscribed to the newsletter and there's some really good recipes on there. I'm saving for whenever we buy your meat. Um, super excited. And yeah, I mean, I can imagine like these meat delivery companies like you guys, are kind of, I mean, are, would you say you guys are prospering right now during COVID because people are wanting to buy meat, um, high cuts, high quality, have them shipped directly to their home so they can cook them? Yeah. So the, the website traffic did have a massive surge. Um, basically, anybody who was online had that massive surge. The, the, it wasn't all like raining money, though, because you know, uh, all of our animals are harvested seasonally. Right. So we, we don't have animals every week. We have animals in the fourth quarter, basically, in the first quarter. And that's it. It's, it's super hard to to get the best animals at other parts of the year. So. So so we were running out. Um, so when you when you run out of stuff in the store, well, people, the, the traffic dies down. So it's been a it's been a challenge different than, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, don't envy restaurant owners. Right. Yeah. They're stuck. Um, so, so they don't have the customer, they, their customers are prevented from coming in. I'm on the other end. I got lots of customers, but it's been tough to, uh, to keep up the supply because I have super high standards and I can't just go, oh, I'll, I'll buy the, I'll buy the shitty ones. Right. No, you can't, can't do that. So, so yeah, it's, um, but, um, essentially the conversion rate, uh, of people coming up in that, that there's also another segment of uh, consumer that they're now buying for. Instead of just my health, or I'm a foodie and I want to try something different, or I want to support environmental, um, positive regenerative agriculture. Now there's the fourth one of food security. I really don't want to go to the grocery store for the next month. Send me my stuff, <laughs> right? Super that's, convenient. Uh, that's the, that's the mode, yeah, that's the mode I'm in now. I wasn't like that before. I was like, no. We'll, it's uh, like Instacart. Let me just grocery shop on my phone from the comfort of my couch in pajamas. Right. Perfect. Yeah, one, it, let FedEx and UPS do the, their good work, and uh, and you go to the grocery store once a month, not not three times a week. Oh, yeah. so, so yeah, so, so food, food security is is a, is a new segment as right as as it should be, right? Um, if if you don't if you don't have a lot of good food in, in your house, and supply chains get disrupted in a global pandemic because factory farms have sick workers, right? Probably should stock up. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, there was this huge thing months. I, I think it was like two or three months after um, quarantine kind of started. There were only, and I didn't know this, there was only like a handful of processing facilities for beef. And a lot of those workers got sick. And so meat production or processing slowed to a halt. Because, I mean, we have it so fine-tuned where there's only a couple of big-time meat processors. And that's the way it is. Six, yeah, six mega companies. Yeah, it shows yep. the holes in the system. And so, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Now, now who got sick, right? The guy's making 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, or, exactly. Worth, mm-hmm. Right, right. So like, whoops, those essential workers. 
right? You need a you need an immune system, right? Or uh, so here's the like back to guess what those guys produce? Four, three, three dollar a pound meat. For I don't even know what it is because I never shop for it. Um, but it's not sixteen bucks a pound, right? So so like there's a consequence to cheap food and cheap meat. Those factories uh, uh, had people die. So people could buy uh, shitty, cheap ass meat. Uh, my conscience couldn't live with that. So, so yeah. I, I feel like that's another TED talk there. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Sean, this has been awesome, man. We'll have to touch base with you soon. It's been cool learning about your story and bison and all that stuff. I'm super excited to try it whenever we do. Um, so yeah, keep up the good work. I think, I mean, businesses like you are changing the game when it comes to food. I mean, not only just the way people eat, but also the environmental impact and stuff like that. So excited to see where you guys go and I hope y'all continue to grow. Fantastic. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, best of luck. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into your, to your podcast. And, uh, since you're the farm traveler, but you didn't ask, I, I will offer if you would like to, uh, to make your way to any one of our, our ranching partners, uh, you are welcome. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's site. that's uh, the dream. Yeah, you can bring your microphone and you can bring your uh, your video camera and your camera and you can uh, check it out for your side. Oh, that'll be perfect. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get in touch with you about doing that um, whenever pandemic ends or whatever. So, yeah, right. That'd be perfect. When, when, when you've got your vaccine and when uh, farmers have their vaccines and we're all good to go, we can get on a plane safely. We'll, we'll make it happen. That works. Well, cool. All right, Sean. Well, thanks, man. Um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. We'll be in touch. 